Live from beyond the Beltway, this is Bruce Dumont with our weekly analysis of national politics with occasional injections of room and innuendo, all offered up by our panel of political insiders, pundits, power brokers, public servants, and most importantly, plain-speaking Americans from coast to coast. Tonight, featuring commentary by Georgia Logothites of the Daily Cause, Mike Miller of DePaul University, conservative attorney Judith Sherwin, and in our second hour, Art Sear of Carthage College. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. Nice to have you with us. We hope that your Thanksgiving thus far has been uh, very enjoyable, and uh, we've got a great uh, two hours of discussion for you. And uh, tonight is uh, somewhat historic, and as you know, uh, for the last uh, several months, most of our guests have uh, uh, been joining us via Zoom. Well, tonight is the first time that I am hosting the show via Zoom ever, and uh, it was uh, not necessarily, it was something that I was planning to do, uh, but last week I got word from my doctor that I have tested positive for COVID-19. So I'm in about day eight of my quarantine, but I am doing the program from this evening, uh, from my home this evening in downtown Chicago. And again, uh, no one uh, that you're about to hear tonight is within probably six miles or 60 miles of each other, but nice to have you with us. I'd like to begin by talking about uh, the way in which the country has responded to COVID. Uh, The federal government and state governments have said, stay home, don't travel. And yet uh, there was quite a bit of story yesterday about the number of people who did travel again, well below what normally uh, would be traveling at Thanksgiving time. But I just want to get a sense as to, uh, you know, we've heard about COVID fatigue, but at this point, it seems to me there's almost a a COVID rebellion going on. Judith Sherwin, uh, you're our conservative tonight. Do you you sense that the public isn't uh, taking the advice of Anthony Fauci anymore? Well, I I do sense that. I mean, it's not just the advice of Anthony Fauci. I mean, the advice that comes out every day has a lot of conflict in it. People don't have a lot of patience with all these differing opinions. So when you say, follow the science, there's really no the science. There's one person tells you to do one thing, one tells you to do another. So Fauci says stay home. I think a lot of people did stay home, stayed close to home. Um, but uh, I think people were very annoyed in general by some of the, you know, don't have more than five people in your house, don't have anybody mm-hmm. over. Um, I think people kind of rebelled at that. I do. Uh, Georgia Logothetes, within your sphere of influence, uh, family-wise, uh, uh, are, are people following the dictates of uh, the government? We certainly have a, you know, a restrictions here in the city of Chicago. They're not as draconian as they are in California and other states. But uh, how are people reacting to this? Well, I think people are reacting in a way that, as you pointed out, is weary because this pandemic has gone on for far longer, the effects of it in America, than it should have in comparison to other countries in the developed world that handled the pandemic response initially a lot better. Um, But in my sphere, you know, I have a newborn at home. She's just over a month old. So we've obviously been extremely um, diligent ever since March following all of the protocols and people in my family have as well. But um, going back to to Judith's point, I, I would respectfully disagree that there is a both sides to the science. There isn't. Science is factual. And while we are learning still, evolving to learn about COVID disease, there are some immutable facts. Masks save lives. 
And I think this is where the question of leadership comes in. And I think, Bruce, why you see so many people getting tired and not following the CDC recommendations is because we've seen so many people at the top not following CDC recommendations, whether mm -hmm. it was the super spreader events at the White House or even in California. We saw the governor of California having an intimate dinner um, indoors. Uh, without masks. And so I think what we need more than anything at this point right now, there's a vaccine on the horizon, thank God, is a leadership to help us just hold through until that vaccine becomes widely available. Mike, Mike Miller uh, from DePaul University, an economist, thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, Joe Biden has said that uh, if the science tell him to, to shut things down, he has said he's going to do that, even though he hasn't been specific because uh, he may not have as much power as he thinks he has. But again, given the way that people are reacting to this stay-at-home dictate and don't travel dictate at Thanksgiving, I mean, if he were to come down and, and want to do something in a, in a stronger way, uh, is the public going to be following him or is he going to be asking Democratic governors or governors and many Democratic governors to enforce a dictate that uh, is not likely to be listened to? I can only hope uh, that it is not uh, for this reason. When, it, when we first had the lockdown in March, we didn't know much what we were dealing with. And the government does have a right to limit our civil rights for a short while. Uh, it, for a matter of public safety and so forth. But now we know that the, uh, the rate of survival for this is 99.99%. And for anyone to think that we should shut down the American economy again under something like this would be the, se be the second time ever for a pandemic. And the first one was in March. We have never done this before where we have shut down the economy in response to a pandemic. And I think that the people who will lose their livelihoods and so forth, I hope to heck they do rebel. Judith. Yeah, um, you know, the governors have a certain amount of power under the police power. The president of the United States does not have such power. So the only thing he could do would be to talk to governors and ask them to do things. And I, I have to agree with Mike. I mean, it, it makes no sense to shut down the country for this particular disease. I'd also like to address George's point, who seems to think that everything is hunky-dory everywhere else in the world, and it wasn't. Um, the COVID problem is, is rampant all over the world right now, even in Sweden, which handled this uh, much differently than we did. And so um, it's, it's, this is a worldwide disease. Um, mm -hmm. People have handled it in a variety of ways. Uh, the virus is neither a Republican nor a Democrat. And it behaves as but, viruses do, and as this one is behaving. And that's sticking it. on this, sticking on the subject of enforcement in Georgia, uh, we have a governor here in Illinois, and there are other governors, but Governor Pritzker in Illinois has been very uh, strict in in shutting down restaurants. The restaurant industry is just riled up at all the changes that he has thrown. In fact, uh, he's shutting down restaurants all over the state. But when it comes, when reporters ask him about enforcement, he, he kind of pulls his punch. He, he doesn't, you know, there's no state police going in to, to drag restaurant tours uh, to jail. So he's talking a good game, but it's basically, uh, it, 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 there's no enforcement. Does there need to be some forceful action by either this governor in Illinois or any governor so that people get the message that it's the laws? 
Well, there needs to be some type of enforcement. Uh, and again, you know, it would probably be fines. I think there are already some built into the current order. And in countries which, by the way, we are the worst in the world when it comes to per capita effects of COVID disease. So yes, there are resurgences in Europe, but you look at countries like New Zealand, you look at the level of resurgence in Europe, and it, it, it's not even close, especially when you look at states like North Dakota and others that have huge, huge uh, catastrophic effects of this disease. But mm -hmm. I think what we need, Bruce, is not necessarily draconian enforcement. What we need for these small businesses is money. They need cash in their hands. And I think that's where they look to Capitol Hill, and they see when that. Come, when we come back, and we're gonna when we come back, we're gonna find out what the new president and an evolving Congress has to say about that. I'm Bruce Dumont. Thanks for joining us tonight on Beyond the Beltway. For some, news is about their opinions. We believe the news should give you the facts without bias, so you can form your own. We believe in news, not talk. Facts, not opinions. News Nation is on every night at 7 p.m. on WGN America to give you the information you need. Everyone calls it the news, but we'll actually deliver on it. Seven nights a week in primetime. Find your local channel by going to WGNAmerica.com. News Nation. It's your news, your nation. Your tween made you see. We are the boy. It's painful concert number three. We are the boy band. We're five and nineteen. We are the boy band. Always singing on key. You love your kids enough to take them to see their favorite uh, band. Love them enough to make sure they're buckled up in the back seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov/the-right-seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Harrison's Reality Check. Now there's an easy way to monitor for coronavirus at home in a moment. Corona Alert. No doubt that social distancing and quarantining have the potential to negatively impact individuals' mental health, especially among people who use drugs or drink too much or groups already experiencing marginalization. So don't forget to lean into your family, your local community through the phone or social media or any of the other available platforms. I'm Carrie Harrison. Harrison's Reality Check. GoHarrison.com. Fever is a leading symptom of the coronavirus, so take your temperature twice a day with the Exergen Temporal Scanner. It's quick and easy to use, and its accuracy is backed by more than 80 clinical studies. Have your family start and end their day with the only home thermometer used and recommended by hospitals, doctors, and nurses. Your family can take their temperatures in seconds to know where they stand in the fight against COVID-19. Protect your family from the spread of this deadly disease and stay safe with Exergen. It's the Black Friday sale at Ace. Visit acehardware.com to get your coupon for 50% off any item under $30 in-store or online this Friday only. Find the perfect gifts for everyone on your list from some of our best brands and more. Save big on Black Friday with 50% off any item under $30 in-store or online only at Ace. Must present coupon or redeem. Offer valid at participating stores at acehardware.com on regular priced items. Limit one. Exclusion supply. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Right now, Allstate has almost as many ways to save as there are types of music. Save for being a new customer. Save more for adding DriveWise. And save even more for driving safely. Visit Allstate.com or contact your local agent to get a quote. Find out how much you can save today. 
Allstate. Now that should be music to your ears. Not available in every state. New customer savings based on early signing discount. Drop eyes is an optional feature. Savings vary based on how you buy. Subject to terms and conditions. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Northbrook, Illinois. Mike Jackson Outdoors. Sunday mornings, 8 to 9 a.m. on Smart Talk. WCGO AM and FM. on Beyond the Beltway. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. 1-800-723-8289. And uh, let's go to a call right now. Mike listening to us on KXLY in Spokane, Washington. Mike, go ahead. You're on Beyond the Beltway. Yeah, thank you, Bruce. First of all, I'm sorry about your virus. And, and gosh, I'll be praying that I'm going to church. Uh, all right, I appreciate it. But I'll here, take all the prayers I can get. You're welcome, Bruce. Yeah, here in Spokane, we've had a surge in the state of Washington as well, over 400 in one day in, in, in Spokane, Spokane mm-hmm. County. So um, restrictions are placed in, in restaurants now by Governor Inslee, uh, no dining in, have to take out and uh, wear a mask, of course. So there are more restrictions. But in the meantime, um, my girlfriend and I have been watching movies like Bing Crosby, Going My Way. Of course, Bing Crosby uh-huh. grew up in Spokane. That's so, right, Gonzaga uh, University. We've got to keep up our hope. The vaccine is coming, right. and uh, just, just help each other, call each other, keep okay. in touch. And okay, very program. good. Mike, thank, thank you very much. I, I hope, uh, uh, I don't know whether that was a, unique to your call, that audio, but again, we'll be, be kind of monitoring our, our audio to see if we can give you the best possible audio tonight. Uh, one, one last question. On the subject of uh, of of the vaccine. The president obviously wants credit for it. Uh, the national news media doesn't tend to give him credit for anything. So my question to you, Georgia, because we're in this transition period now, and uh, Mr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci, said that he's been in communication with the Biden people. There doesn't seem to be any at the staff level. Nobody seems to be riled up at anybody. But why is it so important to the national news media that President Trump uses the words, I concede. I mean, the government's going to go on. We know what's going to happen on January 20th. It's driving the news media crazy. Why? Americans. And I think that if you're an American and you see a president who refuses to follow the peaceful transition of power, who undermines our elections, even though they were internationally monitored, and whose own intelligence apparatus came out and said these were the most secure elections ever. I I think as an American, whether you're a member of the news media or not, you should be appalled and you should want him to say that he concedes so that he acknowledges the reality of the situation and actually acknowledges the voice of the people. Judith Sherwin, and by the way, uh, we're going to. Uh, I, I Is that true make sure for Al Gore? That, uh, by the way, we're, tr- we're, t- we're trying to get uh, a, a higher, a higher quality uh, on on George's audio. It was very good at the beginning, but we're going to try to uh, repair that. Uh, Judith Sherwin, your reaction to uh, to Georgia as it relates as it relates to just uh, a common sense. I mean, most people would say, for God's sakes, concede already. Okay, they don't buy all of the conspiracy uh, rumors, and they certainly have been following the court cases and there isn't there aren't many judges that are that are siding with the president i mean enough is enough it's over let's move on 
Well, all right. So first of all, there are a couple of judges who have sided with the president, the lower courts, number one. Number two, you don't get to go up to the Supreme Court, which is precisely where they're trying to get to with these federal cases, unless you lose or you win and the other side appeals in the lower courts. So today, for instance, in Georgia, a, a district court judge at the federal district court in Atlanta impounded the uh, voting machines and told the Georgia election people that they could not uh, delete the data and set the counters back to zero, okay, which they were going to do tomorrow. So they have been prevented from doing that. There's some question about whether or not they have done that. But the point is, there are legal challenges going on. Now, it is true that Al Gore had a challenge in one state, okay? But Al Gore didn't concede the election until, I think, December 13th, if I'm correct. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there were 36 days between Election Day and when he conceded, and that seemed to be okay with the people who are so upset now because they haven't heard the words, I concede, out of Donald Trump. He is fighting a battle in the courts. He has every right to do that. Not only is he doing it for himself, he's doing it for the 74 million people who voted for him. Let's let Georgia respond to that. Georgia, I want want Georgia to respond to just that point, and then I want to bring Mike Miller back into the conversation. Yeah, so first of all, this comparison to Gore I I find fascinating. So obviously there the difference was one state in dispute, not five. The difference of the vote totals was 537 votes, not tens of thousands. And importantly, the reason why Gore didn't concede was there was an issue, obviously, with the defective butterfly ballots. He wasn't alleging baselessly fraud, right? And that's exactly what Trump is doing. And in those days that that Al Gore didn't concede, he wasn't saying that there was a massive conspiracy from basically the ghost of Hugo Chavez controlling voting machines, that Republican secretary of states were in on it, that the conspiracy and the attempt to steal the election not only affected voter registration rolls and absentee ballots and day of ballots and post-election audits in every in every basically blue city, right? But that it was also a conspiracy that possibly, according to Donald Trump today, involved the intelligence apparatus as well, the FBI or the CIA, okay? So Michael no Miller, I want, to, I, want to, I, want to, I want to go to Mike Miller, because, Micah, I, I want to let you weigh in on, on some of the specifics that have been brought up, but led by Rudy, uh, Rudy Giuliani and his, uh, his, his, his team, although the, the team has been, uh, I guess, you know, broken up at the moment. But again, when they had their press conference in Philadelphia, uh, you know, 10 or 15 days ago, how did that help the situation or did it make it just seem muddier to um, average voters and the news media? I think it just made it muddier. I, I'm hoping that uh, there is more evidence because they've said they have the evidence. There's nothing I could ever say that Georgia will change her mind. Uh, Al Gore mm-hmm. did not concede until December, but there's a good reason why he doesn't get to concede. And, of course, uh, Hillary Clinton still to this day has never conceded, really. She created mm-hmm. the resistance for the past four and years. And she said the, the, she said the election was stolen. It. Right. She said the election was stolen. I look at it, um, I think that Mr. Uh, Trump uh, is going to not be president in, uh, in January. Uh, that's a shame. I voted for him, and I'm, I was wish that he would be the president. But, you know, I, I'm an economist. I look at things like data and, and, and the number of statistical oddities that exist. For example, that he that Mr. Trump won more 
counties than he won last time, that um, they have a situation where he won a larger proportion of the black and Hispanic vote than he did last time and more than any Republican since uh, Dwight Eisenhower. And there, there are like 20 or 25 of these statistical oddities that would make anybody, but if one you were of the, being but one of the fair, like one of the you'd things, say something one of the seems things to is, be yep. here. But one of the things that is not an oddity, at least it was mentioned over and over again on this program and every place else, Donald Trump had a problem with Republican women. If you look at the facts, he had problems with Republican women, and that's why he lost. You're right. He did did better with Hispanics. He did better with African-Americans. And again, even today, uh, you know, Fareed Zakhar had, he he got 35% of the Muslim vote. I mean, these are are remarkable things for Donald Trump to have done. But the reality is he didn't do well with suburban women. We knew about that for the last year and a half. Uh, basically since 2018, and that's what led to to, to losses in Pennsylvania and uh, in uh, uh, Arizona and uh, and elsewhere. And I in, and in, Michi- and in Michigan, Judith, do you? Just, yeah. speak, just speak to that point, though, Judith. I mean, we've got to look well, at the reality here. Is he did, he did better than usual, but, but again, he got skunked oh. by suburban women. I, I understand that, and, and I think that's true. But here's the thing. Number one, um, I don't think Rudy Giuliani's mm. press conference made things muddy. I think Sidney Powell's theories are a little bit out there, and they really aren't anything a that's going out <laughs> Trump in this particular situation right now. The cases mm. that are going on in Pennsylvania have a lot of merit to them. The cases that are going on in Georgia, the other parts of her case that don't have to do with Hugo Chavez, have a lot of merit to them. But the thing is, here's the, here's the deal with lawsuits. When you file a lawsuit, you file a complaint. The complaint has allegations. The allegations are supported by facts. The facts are the affidavits. We lawyers call affidavits evidence, okay? Now... With the, the case that just uh, was overruled by the, by the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, a Pennsylvania lower court judge said that on the basis of the complaint and the affidavits that she saw, she thought that there was a likelihood of success on the merits by the plaintiffs who are pushing the Trump case, okay? And for that reason, she gave them a hearing on Monday. Unfortunately, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court did not agree. But that doesn't mean there's no evidence. It means there is evidence and that courts, for whatever reason, are discounting the evidence. So this business about there's no evidence is absolutely incorrect. It's a media talking point of a bunch of of people who just refuse have refused since less, since four years ago to accept that Donald Trump was but again, president. But again, Judith, what we're also dealing with is this is not a case of having a judicial victory in one state. It's having a judicial victory in four states. And again, when we come back, I want to, I want to take this subject just a minute. I want to put this in the rearview mirror. And when we come back, I want to talk about what President-elect Biden is doing to put his team together. I'm Bruce Dumont back shortly. Opinions are everywhere when you watch the news. But what about your opinion? Why can't you just get the facts to decide for yourself? 
News Nation is on every night at 7 p.m. on WGN America, a nightly newscast in primetime that doesn't tell you what to think. Seven nights a week, News Nation will deliver you news, not talk. Facts, not opinions. Find your local channel by going to WGNAmerica.com. It's your news, your nation. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. But he's a part of me, like my arms and legs, so I'll be his. No time for tired. Nothing can disable this love. He needs me. But I'm the lucky one, even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org slash caregiving for care guides and community. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Ever get the feeling that a clean car just runs and drives better than a dirty car? That's because it's true. Evanston Car Wash has been serving the North Shore communities for over 60 years, helping hundreds of thousands of cars stay clean, preserve their value, and give you a nice, clean ride. Not only will Evanston Car Wash make your ride sparkle, but they use a soft cloth that doesn't risk damage to your vehicle's surface. A car is one of your major expenses, so don't trust it to just anyone with suds in a bucket. Treat it right by taking it to the Evanston car wash pick from a variety of car wash packages starting at just eight dollars and you can save even more money by joining their membership program evanston car wash is open every single day that's seven days a week at 8 a.m located right there on dempster street just east of mccormick for full details on custom wash and detail packages just google evanston's best car wash and evanston car wash will pop right up evanston car wash the north shore's number one car wash choice for over 60 years Get on Santa's nice list with Albany's world's best ultimate eight flavor gummy bears. The gummy with the A on the tummy. Albany's world's best gummy bears are available at most major retailers. Hey, it's Fred and Justin from Gabby Road with Hannah, Fred, and Justin. And as we like to say, hey, Justin, stop the promo. We're missing Hannah. Don't worry. She'll be right here every Sunday morning with her cup of coffee. Gabby Road with Hannah, Fred, and Justin. Sundays at 11 a.m. on WCGO AM and FM or around the world at WCGORadio.com. Listen to past episodes on your favorite podcast app or at SmartTalkRadioNetwork.com. What better way to celebrate the holiday season than with delicious chewy candy? Mamba Fruit Chews are a fruity candy guaranteed to keep you chewing and chewing. What are you waiting for? Get your chew on. Find Mamba at your nearest Walmart and Aldi. This is Steve Levin, the Dice Man, from Roll the Dice, Sunday nights at 8 o'clock on Smart Talk. WCGO, AM 1590 and 95.9 FM. Bruce Dumont back on Beyond the Beltway. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. 1-800-723-8289. Tonight we're all remote, and uh, we're going to let each of our guests take a moment to briefly introduce themselves. And we're going to begin with Georgia Logothites. And by the way, you mentioned just a few moments ago that you just had your third child. Uh, we're Facebook friends. You have beautiful children. And for longtime listeners and viewers of this program, they remember that once upon a time you were single when you started on this show. You're much like Dan Johnson. Dan Johnson, he started as a single man. He now has three children as well. So congratulations on your beautiful family. But tell us more about uh, what you do when you're not mothering. 
I am a contributing editor at DailyCoast.com. I've been there for well over uh, almost 15 years now, and I also work in the nonprofit industry as well as an executive and managing director. Judith Sherwin. Oh, uh, good evening, and thanks for having me on again, Bruce. I am an attorney at the firm of Retzel and Andrus in Chicago. Uh, I also am an adjunct professor at um, Loyola University in the law school where I teach ethics and compliance and uh, occasionally religious liberty. Um, and uh, looking hey. forward to our discussions tonight. Michael Miller joins us. Michael. Hi there. I'm an associate professor of economics at DePaul. I'm in my 41st year. And in those 41 years, I have never been out of the classroom teaching face to face longer than three months. And I have not been in a classroom since March uh, or April. And uh, this is uh, these are very strange times, both for the professors as well as the students. Are you likely to go back? Do you think DePaul will eventually go back? And, and if so, uh, any indication as to when? Uh, we will. I'm sure we will go back because that's our bread and butter. Uh, having that we have relatively small classes mm -hmm. compared to the state schools and so forth. That's mm -hmm. what we sell ourselves as. Uh, I would guess it's going to be in the autumn of 2021 mm -hmm. after the uh, vaccine has taken full effect and so forth. I know for sure in the winter we're going to be essentially completely online again. And mm -hmm. I would guess in the spring we probably have some face-to-face -face on required classes that, that mm -hmm. you just have to be in the same room. So. Mm -hmm. I want I want to talk about uh, the president-elect's uh, decisions and appointments thus far, nominations to his uh, cabinet. But I want to begin with one that has been hinted at, but I guess will not be officially announced until Tuesday. And that is that Janet Yellen, the former head of the Federal Reserve, is going to be named the secretary, uh, secretary of Treasury designate. And uh, over the years, you've had some things to say about Janet Yellen. So uh, yeah. what assessment I, would you give? I think the world choice. of Janet Yellen. She's a very good economist. Uh, I think she's very measured. Uh, she is what we would go, the word we use in economics, she's dovish. In other words, if you have a choice between some unemployment or some inflation, she she is one who would want to fight in, uh, unemployment, even if it meant that we were going to have more inflation uh, because mm -hmm. of it. Uh, but I think uh, she's extremely competent. I, uh, I, you know, I didn't vote for Mr. Trump the first time. It mainly had to do with... Uh, his policy regarding trade, but also he was one who did not keep Janet Yellen in the position of uh, the head of the Fed. I mm -hmm. think that was, uh, Powell has been fine, but Janet Yellen is a, a force to be reckoned with, and I, I think he has picked a very good person. When you look at the other uh, nominations thus far, George Logothides, uh, many in the media have suggested that uh, it's it's the same old gang, it's it's a very uh, centrist group, and that um, uh, pro progressives will not be excited about any anybody on that list. Are you excited about anybody on the list that's been selected by Joe Biden yet? Yeah, I mean, I'm totally excited because, I okay. mean, want it to be boring right and i think what what so many people are welcoming with these appointments is that it signals competence over cronyism and you hear some of these names right anthony blinken as secretary of state jake sullivan um national security linda thomas greenfield u.n ambassador um avril haynes in intelligence alejandro um i believe his name is macriars at at the dhs 
we don't know these names. They're not household names. And that's a right. good thing. We don't want a cabinet of celebrities. We don't want a cabinet of grifters, of billionaires. We want a cabinet of people who have excelled in their positions, in their field for decades. And that's what we have. So as a liberal, you know, there, there's liberals that may have quibbles about some of these. But overall, I think people are finally welcoming a return to competence and expertise as opposed to political favoritism. Do you think that's going to be uh, uh, an Achilles heel for Joe Biden in the next six months is that is that he walks this line between uh, being a, a, a centrist and being a, a liberal and, and also responding to uh, some of the identity politics that uh, it's an integral part of the uh, uh, the, the procedure of, of selecting uh, appointments to federal uh, judgeships and everything else? Is that, is that going to be a problem for him? It's going to be a balancing act, right? Because just like Donald Trump, um, you know, he has the base that he responded to in the Republican Party for, for four years. Um, as now, President Biden will have to respond to the people that got him into office. And not only the people who got him into office, um, in terms of the suburban women who turned out, who have key interests, obviously, um, a lot of them small business owners, a lot of them want, obviously, a, a solution to this pandemic. But he's going to have to answer to other constituencies as well, because he does need that coalition to come together again if he's going to be seeking re-election. Judy, I assume you're not a big fan of any of the appointees thus far, but uh, does one or do two uh, stick out as uh, being uh, the most difficult for you to swallow politically? Well, I know that we're going to get into foreign policy. Yes, in hour number two. I don't want to get into Mm -hmm. it too much, but um, uh, Mr. Blinken and uh, Mr. Sullivan strike me as uh, complete catastrophes for our foreign policy. Um, I think we're going to go right back to the leading from behind uh, America last. uh, Iran is wonderful. Let's give them everything they want policy that we had uh, when Donald Trump came into office. And uh, I think it's um, it's not good for America. I don't like these appointments at all. Um, and and I do feel like it's the but same. Doesn't, but to, but to, but to the victor go the spoils. I mean, that's that's oh, why we're talking about an election. You know so, uh, as, you know. as Barack Obama famously said to John McCain in a not very pleasant I way, won, elections have consequences. Yeah, right? and I won. That's what, that's what Obama said. Yeah, yeah. elections yeah. have consequences. I won. I get to do this. Biden gets to do this, or whoever's pulling his strings get to do this. I don't and when Trump did it, they called him a Nazi, right. an authoritarian. Right. So I'll be right. glad I'll tell you, Bruce. Gotta, one thing I will not miss. I, 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 I will not. Uh, somehow go gone an Mike. entire period here with not being called Nazis. I, I, boy, that's that's yep. good. Okay. That's pretty good. Right. I want to ask. I want to ask one one question again, kind of kind of a uh, looking forward here. I mean, as as we look at this group, and as we look at uh, what Joe Biden has done thus far, and I know there's probably a lot of longtime fans of this program maybe driving off the road with what I'm about to say, but <laughs> Joe Biden, to me thus far, has not gone out of his way to. Uh, rub Donald Trump's nose into the dirt or to be or, or to besmirch those 74 million people who voted for him. He seems to be trying to lower the temperature, trying to prove that he can bring everybody together and I don't think that's going to happen, but he seems to be playing a less than severe political card at the moment. Would you agree with that, Georgia? 
Yeah, I mean that's been his, that's what it's he campaigned soft on, right? Gentler Joe Biden. That's that's his entire campaign was there's nothing that we can't accomplish in America that we can't do if we don't work together, right? If we if we work together, um, his entire campaign was about bringing America together, and I think that's the tone that we're seeing now in the transition. And frankly, it has to happen. I know it's it's tough, you know, with some segments, especially with the fact that Donald Trump has made a lot of people think the election was stolen from him, and so that's going to be residual for a long time into the Biden administration. But at the end of the day, he's completely right. We are at a precipice in this country. We are dealing with a historical pandemic, with an economic crisis, right? With an education crisis, right? We have massive problems with relating to the workforce. We have, you know, we, we talk about, you know, the makeup of Biden's cabinet. One thing that makes me excited is that for the first time, we're seeing all females around certain tables, right? It's the first time that you see, this is the second time, obviously, that we have uh, an African-American as UN ambassador. We have a female leading up the intelligence apparatus. He just announced his communications team today, you know, press secretary, comms director, all women. Um, women yeah, have female, a, female has said, a female has headed the CIA for the last uh, Yeah, uh, I, I, yeah, I want to ignore the, the females this department. Time. Okay, right. we didn't miss that. Right. You know, well, I, I, one thing about it, though, Bruce. One thing, Mike, to you in just a moment, but Judith and then to Mike. Thanks. Um, you know, I mean, the Gina Haskell is the head of the CIA is something that Donald Trump put in place. Not something that I'm particularly happy with based on some of the things she's done. But she is a woman, and there she is. So if that makes you happy, God bless. The question of, of the makeup of... I want to know, but Judith, I want, you to, I, want you, I want you to answer the question that I asked that I asked Georgia, and that is, you know, uh, from from one to ten, with ten being an absolute political animal, wouldn't you say that Joe Biden, thus far in his public rhetoric, has been trying to calm things down? He doesn't seem to be wanting to to uh, shoot, to, you know, f uh, oil on the flames. See, he seems to uh, want to again follow his his, uh, you know, lifetime image of being sort of a get-along, go-along guy. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give him that. Yeah, I think he's doing that. I don't know how successful it's going to be and how many people mm -hmm. are going to buy into it. But, yeah, he's he's not trying to rub Donald Trump's nose in it or, or anything else. But okay. um, there are a lot of people who are just not ready to accept this, particularly with the okay. legal battles going on. And, okay, and when, we come, when we come back, uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk to Mike Miller, and we've also got callers on the line. I'm Bruce Dumont from coast to coast and border to border. This is Beyond the Beltway. You should form your own opinions when you're presented facts without bias. That's what we call news. Every night at 7 p.m. on WGN America, news has a new primetime home. News Nation. Without all the talk and without an opinion, so you can make yours. It's not how it used to be. It's how it should be. News Nation. Seven nights a week on WGN America. Find your local channel by going to WGNAmerica.com. Because it's your news, your nation. 
Who said that? Me, down here. Ugh, what are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. What are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. It's been a long time since we've had an adventure in the forest. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. You're right. I should get out. Yeah, the forest is not that far away. Hey, Mom! Come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Harrison's Reality Check. Now there's an easy way to monitor for coronavirus at home in a moment. Corona Alert. If you think you'll run out of latex gloves or simply can't find any, there's an easy and available fix. Plastic bags like those ones in the produce section of the grocery store. Toss one on and you'll have a thin mitten that can protect you while you're shopping. A rubber band or duct tape around the wrist will hold it nice and snug. I'm Carrie Harrison. Harrison's Reality Check. GoHarrison.com. Fever is a leading symptom of the coronavirus, so take your temperature twice a day with the Exergen Temporal Scanner. It's quick and easy to use, and its accuracy is backed by more than 80 clinical studies. Have your family start and end their day with the only home thermometer used and recommended by hospitals, doctors, and nurses. Your family can take their temperatures in seconds to know where they stand in the fight against COVID-19. Protect your family from the spread of this deadly disease and stay safe with Exergen. This is Aaron Maslianski, the host of the brand new show on WCGO, Inside the Skev, on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. This show is all about the people of Skokie and Evanston, a community rich in history, culture, and diversity. Some would say a dream town. You're going to get to know all different types of people who are real movers and shakers. This show provides an opportunity to relax and listen to these great stories and really get to know your neighbors. Inside the Skev, Sunday mornings at 10 on Chicago Smart Talk. While Thanksgiving celebrations might look a bit different this year, the Butterball Turkey Talk Line is here to help whatever your plans may be. Get cooking tips and recipes from our Turkey Talk Line experts by calling 1-800-BUTTERBALL, texting 844-877-3456, emailing, live chat, Amazon Alexa, or social media through December 24th. Mike Jackson Outdoors, Sundays, 8 to 9 a.m. on WCGO Radio, 1590 a.m. and 95.9 FM. Back. Thanks very much for joining us this evening. We've got callers on the line, and uh, we're going to let Mike uh, Miller tackle some of these. Let's go to uh, Peggy from Chicago listening tonight. Go ahead, Peggy. I guess Peggy is already gone, so let's go to Eduardo. Are you there, Eduardo? Hello, are you there? Yes, can you hear me? Hello. Uh, yes, you, you have you a me? very bad sound, so unfortunately we're going to move on to David in San Francisco. Maybe the uh, lines are better to uh, uh, the West Coast tonight. Go ahead, you're on the air. Oh, how are you, Bruce? Uh, yeah, I hope, uh, hope you're doing well with your COVID. Uh, Thank you. So far, so far, I feel pretty good. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, I was watching the show two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and you were on, and yes. you looked right unhealthy. You look very healthy, actually, right now compared to a couple of weeks ago. So you must be okay. doing something right. 
Well, there we go. Well, I had. Hey, well, I, I also had a. Uh, you may remember that I coughed on that show, so maybe I had it before right. I was tested for it. But so maybe that's yeah, behind yeah. me. Maybe I'm uh, immune. Hopefully, we'll see what happens. But right now, thank you for asking. I do yeah. feel better. I do feel better now. Yeah. Well, what I was going to lean on. And I'm not real... going out. I'm not going out. Yeah, that's Go good. Ahead. Yeah, we're doing that out here. It's all voluntary quarantining out here in San Francisco, and our death count. Uh, we reached 160 uh, about a week ago, and uh, so we're doing something right because we believe in science. But what I was going to lean on with COVID is uh, slow and steady wins the epidemic. You know, keeping things wiped down, keeping things, uh, you know, slow and steady. Don't, uh, don't be mm-hmm. rushing around doing foolish things in an epidemic. Now, this call to get the economy going again is obviously going to get a whole lot more people killed. And so I'm just wondering with your guests if they've got any opinion about how to run an epidemic, uh, you know, how to run an economy during an epidemic. How do we keep America slowed down so this thing dies off? And, uh, and, uh, yeah. Let's go to Mike Miller. He's our economist. Mike? Let's look at it through the eyes of an economist. We always look at the seen and the unseen. And, of course, what you might have is somebody goes back to work and they pick up COVID and they die from it. But, of course, do remember it's a 99.997 survival rate. But there's one thing we don't see. When you shut down and you take people's job, that leads to higher rates of depression, anxiety, uh, family strife, poverty, and all those horrible things that come with it. And what an economist, of course, would say is you have to weigh the costs and the benefits and you have to look at the risk and you have to weigh the risks. And so somebody who is older, of course, should. What's that? Like a death panel? No, no, that's the whole point. You get to make the decision, not me. That's what I see. That's why I'm I'm hoping that there'll be this rebellion against this. I should be able to decide if I'm going to go out or not. If I go out and get COVID and die, that's my problem. But I don't think that the government should take that's fine. That's giving the, bad that, advice? I'm not giving advice. I'm simply saying what I philosophically believe. And, of course, this is the same way we've handled every pandemic up until this one. We have never, ever shut down the economy because of a pandemic. Never. Under not true. Polio, not true. Under 1918. All of the- Shut down the economy. 1918. You're not true. We didn't shut down the economy in 1918. The government didn't have that kind of power back then anyhow. We've got headlines from back then. And keep in mind, again, you're asking me to shut things down when we already know. I mean, Georgia used the word catastrophic looking at uh, North or South Dakota. Uh, We have something with a 99.997 survival rate where 80% or more people have no symptoms whatsoever i'm sorry that cannot be a catastrophe you cannot destroy the economy and people's ability to make a living based upon something you're trying to base it all upon fear and i'm sorry i do i will not live in a world of fear david judith wants to talk in georgia judith go ahead yeah first of all um if you read a book called the great uh pandemic by an author by the name of john barry you will see that nobody shut anything down in 1918. As a matter of fact, we were in the middle of prosecuting World War One, and Woodrow Wilson sent a bunch of soldiers who were infected with the pandemic over to Europe, which is how the pandemic got to Europe. 
all right? So nobody shut anything down in 1918. The other thing about 1918 was they tried to deal with it in all the same ways that we're trying to deal with it, and they were not successful at all, and they never came up with a vaccine for that flu. The flu vaccine... To this day, that's correct. To this day, that came up sometime in the 30s, I think, or the 40s. So, And it changes every year. So that's number one. The unseen and the stuff that's going on with the children out of school and, oh. and the years that they are missing of their education oh. that, that they may never catch up on, okay, is, is horrific. This is a cost, and, and I am not an economist, but I understand that you have to weigh, you weigh the options. You know, you try to find a just I want to go to Georgia. Georgia specifically focus on the point that Judith just made about children in schools and, and, and the number of educational lives that are being affected by this, uh, this I would say fear in, in some ways that we keep our schools closed when the experts are saying we should keep them open i need a 30 second answer the experts are saying keep them open with the right ppe with the right social distancing with the right number of children in classrooms and capitol hill specifically mitch mcconnell's the republican leader has held up the bill that would provide schools with the funding to do that so as, if I, as well yeah, as the, the unions, the come on, George. I know it's the unions that are keeping the schools. The Speaker of the House, folks, we have to break. So go to your respective corners. Uh, do whatever you want to do during the break. When we come back in the next hour, we're going to be joined by Art Sear of Carthage College, <laughs> and we're going to be talking. There's my cough. We're going to be talking about foreign affairs. Don't go away. some, news is about their opinions. We believe the news should give you the facts without bias, so you can form your own. We believe in news, not talk. Facts, not opinions. News Nation is on every night at 7 p.m. on WGN America to give you the information you need. Everyone calls it the news, but we'll actually deliver on it. Seven nights a week in primetime. Find your local channel by going to WGNAmerica.com. News Nation. It's your news, your nation. Jill, why don't you tell the class what you did this weekend? Well, my dad and I went in search of some magical minnows and found a zillion of them in the stream from our lookout rock. Then my sister and I escaped from an evil slug king and went back to my super twig fort for safety. Then we told stories till it got dark and the Big Dipper led us all the way home. Where were you, Jill? We went to the forest. It's not that far away. Ask your parents to take you and your friends to the forest this week. It's closer than you think. Check out discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Matt always knew he wanted to be a doctor. That's why he makes the most of every day. To study before breakfast. To work hard. To do whatever was necessary to achieve his goal. He found an answer in the military. 
If you have a passion, a vision for your future in any field, todaysmilitary.com can be your path to a fulfilling career. You have a calling. We have an answer. Find your way at todaysmilitary.com. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career I can be proud of and supporting my family. America's veterans are on their most important tour, the tour of their lives. I'm a veteran. My victory was going from homeless to home. At DAV, we're on a mission to help veterans get the benefits they've earned. I'm a veteran, and my victory was finishing my education. DAV offers veterans of all generations a lifetime of support for victories great and small. My victory was proving that disability is not a limitation. My victory was getting my service dog a new best friend. We help more than a million veterans every year as they face and conquer their challenges. My victory is being able to be there for my family. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Standing up for what's right. Helping out when things go wrong. Seeking the truth and speaking our minds. Not just making records, but breaking them. Leading the way behind the camera, beyond the runway, and on the silver screen. Not just making our mark, but making a difference. Now that's a job for a Girl Scout. Girl Scouts, preparing girls for a lifetime of leadership. back with our number two of Beyond the Beltway. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. In our number two, we have joined, we're joined by Art Sear, who's the A.W. Clausen Professor uh, at uh, Carthage College, just uh, north of Chicago in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, Art uh, joins uh, uh, Michael Miller from DePaul University, Judith Sherwin, and uh, I don't know whether Georgia is still around, but uh, she should be around as well. Art, nice to have you with us. Uh, I, well, thank you. We're going to be invitation. talking about... We're going to be talking about foreign policy in this hour, and we briefly uh, went through the new foreign policy team in hour number one. Uh, as someone who studies these things uh, minutely, what, what's your overall assessment of the quality of the new team? Anything special there? Uh, <clears throat> they have a great deal of experience, yes. Janet Yellen is the first. I, I include the Secretary of the Treasury in foreign policy, and I believe uh, the Secretary of the Treasury from the start has been on the National Security Council. Uh, yeah. not, not always, but uh, that was very much Truman's foresight. I think it's significant that we have uh, uh, that particular female voice. I have a lot of respect for her. And they're like the president-elect. They're Washington insiders with a lot of experience. Um, so I, I don't see anything surprising in the appointments. Uh, how will, because they are professionals that uh, they will be welcomed with open arms by the foreign policy establishment all over the world. Is that correct? Is that your view? Yeah, I think they, they start with some advantages, a sense of relief. But I, uh, I, I think it's important to keep in mind that by definition, the media... Uh, is supposed to be looking for controversy and supposed to be looking for change and differences. 
I, do, I think the contemporary media generally overdoes that. The president says, the current president says a lot, but he hasn't actually done that much outside of the Iran nuclear deal and the Paris Climate Accord, both of which have been controversial from the time they first came up. I think a saving grace of President Trump is he doesn't actually do that much. So institutionally, I don't expect a lot of changes. Do you expect him to do much insofar as withdrawing troops from Afghanistan and Iraq before his time ends, or uh, just that response? Uh, yes, I think there is certainly the public wants that. And I think a basic source of President Trump's strength has been a consistent commitment to withdrawing troops. And to his credit, I'm not a supporter of the president, but he is the first president in a long time who hasn't get, gotten us involved in a foreign war. Um, the, first, the first president, uh, perhaps, since World War II. And uh, that's what he promised to do, and he's lived up to that promise. So uh, he's Biden, lived up to Biden as vice president, promises, but... according to what's in the public record, was opposed to... Uh, um, sending a, any kind of long-term involvement in, in mm -hmm. Afghanistan. A question to you is, uh, and I want to get everybody engaged in this as well, uh, the top nuclear scientist in Iran was assassinated last week. Uh, we don't know who pulled that trigger. Uh, we can speculate on that. But does that set up some form of almost uh, forced retaliation on the part of Iran against someone? And who is most likely that person to be? Art? Okay, I don't want to monopolize the conversation. I came here. Well, to I'll move, I'll move on when I'm ready, but go ahead. Of course. Well, thank you, fearless leader. Uh, I think the Israelis are playing it brilliantly in terms of their short-term interest because if Iran does um, and, and is seen to launching, launch some kind of terrorist or more conventional military attack, that'll give the Israelis and their close friend Donald Trump a magnificent excuse to launch perhaps a war against Iran. I think that's what Netanyahu wants myself. And if Iran doesn't, it will increase Israel's leverage within the region. Uh, again, Trump's credit, the fact that the, um, uh, the, fact that the uh, uh, Emirates have recognized Israel as a major step forward in terms of stability in the region, it does give him some freedom. Thank you for all. Judith, I know that you'll disagree with some of the things that Art had to say about uh, sort of a lukewarm uh, assessment of the Trump administration, but put that aside for the moment and focus on the likelihood of some form of retaliation uh, by the Iranians against someone, and is that someone likely to be the United States or Israel? Well, you know, uh, when the president took out Soleimani and when he took out al-Baghdadi, everybody was all worried that there were going to be tremendous repercussions and, and you know, things were going to be in flames and all that sort of stuff. When he moved the embassy to Jerusalem, you know, the beast was going to explode. None of that really happened, okay? I mean, that's that's a fact. He did those things, nothing happened. I'm not so sure that anything is going to happen from the assassination of this nuclear scientist either. Um, and, um, and if it does, if there is some form of retaliation, I think the Iranians are smart enough to know where that came from. Um, 
it most likely, I mean, I don't have any inside information. I don't think anybody else does, except maybe Netanyahu. Uh, I certainly don't have any way of getting it from him. Uh, most likely came from the Israelis. They don't want to see mm -hmm. this nuclear deal moving on. Mm -hmm. um, you know, think about the timeline. Based yeah. on the original nuclear deal, they're ready to start making nuclear weapons. This is yeah. not exactly something that is good for the world, right? So Mike, I want to um, get I want to get Mike Miller into the conversation. Mike, uh, do you uh, do you expect or would you be surprised by some sort of military action by President Trump on his way out the door as it relates to Iran and uh, making sure that uh, their uh, ability to uh, wage nuclear war is further dissuaded? I I guess I would hope not. Uh, that he would take a he would go to war now if we're attacked if if they decide that they're going to retaliate and they're going to do it against the united states <clears throat> that would be an act of war especially considering that i don't think there's a chance in the world that this was done by the u.s i think the israelis are behind it and the, the iranians also have to keep in mind i and i hope that art will agree with this assessment that now that we have the israelis uh with new allies where you have all the uh, the Sunni Arabs, uh, the UAE, Bahrain, and so forth, getting together and recognizing Israel, it it, it creates a much more united front against Iran. And uh, I think that there could be something between now and the end of the year with Saudi Arabia. And I think that Iran would be uh, crazy to try to do something now because um, I think they would lose. But, of course, they do stupid stuff. The people are wonderful, but the, the government is just full of lunatics. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to agree with that. I, I don't see, first of all, I don't see President Trump doing anything unless the American, America is attacked by Iran. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. Iran. But this is a guy who is shown over and over again, very measured response to some pretty severe provocations mm -hmm. that, um, He's not willing to to commit to starting a war anywhere, and, and I think when we uh, I've got we've got a break. When we come back, Art, I want to bring you in and and let you talk about the likelihood of putting the Iran nuclear deal back on track uh, when uh, the president may have to deal with a Republican Senate. Back shortly. I'm Bruce Dumont. If this is beyond that way. For some, news is about their opinions. We believe the news should give you the facts without bias, so you can form your own. We believe in news, not talk. Facts, not opinions. News Nation is on every night at 7 p.m. on WGN America to give you the information you need. Everyone calls it the news, but we'll actually deliver on it. Seven nights a week in primetime. Find your local channel by going to WGNAmerica.com. News Nation. It's your news, your nation. Your tween made you see. We are the boy. It's painful concert number three. We are the boy band. We're five and nineteen. We are the boy band. Always singing on key. You love your kids enough to take them to see their favorite uh, band. Love them enough to make sure they're buckled up in the back seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov/the-right-seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
in crazy times, and the fear knob has been turned up. Okay, there's an answer. Take a big breath, exhale, and go log on to ancientlifeoil.com. CBD, broad and full-spectrum, organic and non-GMO CBD for you to enjoy. Change your tune from fear to calm, from brain overload to clear thinking. 0.003 THC on full-spectrum and 0% THC on broad-spectrum. Competitive pricing with the best quality. Also know everything is going to get better. No worries. Be happy. CBD can help calm so your nerves don't think they're a six-string electric guitar. Enjoy life, smile, and log on to ancientlifeoil.com for great CBD. That's ancientlifeoil.com. You'll be glad you did. It's JT and Leanne. Join us for Married with Microphones. Special guests, hot news topics, and our hilarious relationship report card. Saturdays, 6 p.m. on WCGO. Back on Beyond the Beltway. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. Uh, Michael Miller from DePaul University joins us. Art Sear from Carthage College joins us. And conservative attorney Judith Sherwin joins us here in Chicago. 1-800-723-8029. If you have a question about foreign policy, that's the focus of this hour's version of uh, Beyond the Beltway. Uh, Art, how likely, um, obviously there are some people who have been appointed to the Biden uh, cabinet, uh, most notably Jake Sullivan and uh, Antony Blinken, who uh, were engaged in, in putting the uh, Iran nuclear deal together uh, for the first time, along with John Kerry, we should mention. Uh, so my question to you back. is, how, how, is much, how much, go, say again? Kerry is also back. Excuse me for interrupting you, but I, I should have mentioned him before. He's back. He's got cabinet status. John Kerry. Oh no, I know, I know, I, I know. Yeah. But he, my, my point for my question, he's he's been part of the Iran nuclear deal in the past. My question to you is, um, that was put together. That was not a uh, that was not a treaty signed by the U.S. Senate. It was done by uh, the president, uh, President Obama. And my question at this particular moment, since there's a lot that Joe Biden has to get accomplished in Congress, and it looks like it might be uh, possibly a, uh, a, Republican Cong- a Republican Senate. We don't know that yet until the people in Georgia vote. But uh, how much political capital should he expend to try to put uh, the Iran nuclear deal back on track when there may be other things of a domestic nature that are more pressing? Well, as you indicated, he can put it back in place through executive action. Since World War II, most of our treaties have not been treaties. There's a long-term trend, whichever party's in the Mm -hmm. executive branch for the um, administration to simply initial executive agreements. That makes actual treaties even more important. I don't. I don't think President Biden will go for a treaty, but he has considerable legislative acumen. Uh, he he gets credit for getting the very substantial economic rescue package through Congress a decade ago. Mm-hmm. Um, as with Ch- Cheney and President Bush, and initially Al Gore and and Clinton, although Clinton immediately turned into a brilliant very, very energetic and effective dealmaker with Congress. The vice president has played a major role, and even Biden's enemies will concede that he's a very effective long-term legislative player. 
Mike Miller, do you agree with that? And do you think that he will uh, uh, he will utilize uh, some of his skills uh, to try to do something uh, by putting the, uh, uh, the the uh, the nuclear deal back together again, or is he going to spend more time on domestic and other matters? Uh, I I think he will as a because they the Democrats of course said how upset they were when we left it and that was going to be this going to cause a world war or something like that. I wouldn't be surprised if he puts some of his capital behind that, but not much of it. I think he would he would focus upon some other things uh, domestically, and some of them which I I'm not very happy about. I think he wants to take our guns, and I can't but be upset but that the press will be in his pocket and there will be. I mean, the guy has essentially not had a press conference since whenever. I just, my biggest fear is that, that, that those kinds of philosophical problems will, will spread. Uh, do you think that the president, President Trump, is trying to box the Biden administration in on some of the recent foreign policy decisions, Art? Um. I can't think of a specific example. Uh, again, President Trump, support him or, or uh, oppose him, he is mostly rhetoric outside of the two important mm-hmm. diplomatic agreements I mentioned. And Biden has said that he wants to reestablish the uh, Iran nuclear deal. He can do it with the, the If he can, however, if, and we don't know this is a fact, but if he somehow was involved in the discussions with the Israelis, uh, who may or may not have been the culprits in the assassination? Does oh, he by by by, I, by, I, by 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 let me finish by doing that? Does he not set up some form of a mandatory retaliation on the part of Iran, which will be something inherited uh, by Joe Biden? The uh, I well again the. Um, the president might seize the opportunity with his close friend Netanyahu. I think there's a possibility of that. But historically, President Trump has not taken much dramatic action. Killing Soleimani, I think, was a great departure for him. And I personally worried that if he got a second term, he might really unleash his uh, his more right. violent instincts. Yeah. And, the, and, the, and that Somali was not Somali was not something that Joe Biden supported, uh, nor uh, it was the, murder, Bruce. It was murder, and if you're going to murder somebody in international relations, there should be a good reason for it. Right. I don't. I don't see any particularly good reason for carrying out this murder. Uh, Judy Sherwin carrying out this murder. I mean, from the Israelis' point of view, there's a great reason for carrying out the murder. This guy is the head of the nuclear program. Um, we're talking. I was talking about Soleimani. Oh, Soleimani. Well, there was a pretty good reason to take him out too. He killed a number of Americans, and he was very boastful about it. So, I mean, if you don't think that's a good reason, I, I, I guess you know that's your opinion, but I don't share it. I think that um, I think you really downplay a lot of um, Trump's accomplishments, particularly in the last year. I mean. This, this situation in the Middle East is really, uh, in many ways, almost a miracle for him to be able to, um, I mean, he changed the conversation. You know, everybody for the last 60 years said, oh, you can't make peace without the Palestinians. Well, guess what? You can. And, and the problem we have now uh, is because the situation is that he is either 
not been elected, which we will find out very shortly, or there's a new administration coming in, is the Saudis are backing out and the Saudis were going to come in. And that is a big problem. There was an article about it in the, new, in the Wall Street Journal this past week. So, you know, this, this situation in the Middle East, this is a major accomplishment. I mean, I think the, the situation with, uh, with um, Bosnia, another example, I mean, to say he's uh, all talk and no action, I'm sorry, I just, uh, I don't see it. I mean, as a foreign policy guy, you know these things take a lot of time, a lot of talk, a lot of diplomacy, and uh, a lot of arm twisting before you get to where you got. And what he's gotten in the Middle East, um, even the most left-wing Israelis um, are remarkably happy with him over what he has done. So. Mike Miller, a question to you. We, we did not discuss this when we were talking about uh, Janet uh, Yellen, but again, uh, as far as the uh, uh, the financial world, uh, the Dow hit, uh, hit an, an all historic records last week. Uh, why, in your opinion, did that happen? And uh, many Republicans have been suggesting that there would be a collapse of the economy if Joe Biden got elected, and there's certainly doesn't appear to be any signs that that is going to happen, at least as of this moment. Well, the the stock market is high partly because many of the of the firms, which are in the indexes that are very high, are very profitable. They're making they're they're making money, so it makes sense that they that their stocks would be relatively high. Uh, my problem with Mr. Biden is philosophical. You know, there's a choice between growing a bigger pie or changing the way you cut the pie that you have. And Mr. Obama was one who worried about distribution more than the size of the economy. Uh, I would guess that that's going to be true of Biden. What will hurt is if Biden is able to in to create through legislation some of the economic policies of AOC and so forth, the Green New Deal and and uh, a, an increase in taxes and and so forth. If they occur, I think the um, the economy will stall and will be in trouble because uh, that is you, you don't create growth through tax increases. You don't create growth through redistribution. Uh, you've got to do it through productivity and, and entrepreneurship and so forth. I'm just not so sure that Mr. Biden, I, I'm hoping that the Joe Biden we all talk about being a moderate, in fact, is the one that actually governs and that he is not brought to the to the far left by AOC and, and Bernie Sanders and, and the socialists that uh, that supported him. Judy, go ahead. Well, you know, I mean, his vice president is a rather left-wing person. She was the most uh, well, that, that, liberal person in the Senate. I understand. I'm talking Joe, not uh, not. He's not pulled. I mean, he's got a lot of forces pulling him to the left. That's right. He does. And, and so, I mean, if he's the Joe Biden that he was when Barack Obama picked him to be vice president, precisely because he was the moderate, precisely because he wasn't scary, precisely for all the reasons that you point out, yep. if he is still that Joe Biden, then we'll maybe get through the next four we'll years. Okay. Yeah. Catastrophe. Okay. Right. If he's not, then we got a big problem. 
and um, you know I think it's very important. So his big his biggest problem now his biggest problem Judith as far as you you can see is going to be with the left wing or the progressive wing of the Democratic Party that may push him and push him and push him, uh, maybe to even a potential challenge to his re-election. And there's nothing that he has said absolutely that he's not running for re-election. And I would suggest that if Donald Trump is going to run in four years, as he is planning to do, I believe, uh, he's going to be the same age as Joe Biden now, and uh, we may have a rerun of these two guys. We may. We may, but you know what? Nancy Pelosi, who is not my favorite person in the universe, is not. 15 seconds. Okay. But Nancy Pelosi got pulled so far to the right in order to keep, to the left, excuse me, in order to keep her job. I mean, the things she says are completely crazy. I can't even imagine her saying any of these things five, six years ago. All right. Well, let's find out whether Joe Biden is going to say any of these things. I'm Bruce Dumont, back shortly on Beyond the Beltway. Opinions are everywhere when you watch the news. But what about your opinion? Why can't you just get the facts to decide for yourself? News Nation is on every night at 7 p.m. on WGN America, a nightly newscast in primetime that doesn't tell you what to think. Seven nights a week, News Nation will deliver you news, not talk. Facts, not opinions. Find your local channel by going to WGNAmerica.com. It's your news, your nation. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. But he's a part of me, like my arms and legs, so I'll be his. No time for tired. Nothing can disable this love. He needs me, but I'm the lucky one, even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org caregiving for care guides and community. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Hey guys, it's Clyde. Listen, I want to talk to you very frankly about the increasing civil unrest we're seeing these days. You know, you can't turn on the news without hearing about more riots, violence, looting, killings, lawlessness, and mayhem. We also have to be concerned about power outages, epidemics, and quarantines, along with natural disasters that break supply chains and cut off store access. Sadly, I think the worst is yet to come, and the crescendo will be quite painful. However, I want to focus your attention on what you can do to survive. Priority one, in times like these, you have to make sure that you have enough food to eat, if and when the system falls apart. If you know me, you know I fully endorse my Patriot Supply. They're the only source I personally use and trust to get through these tough times ahead. You should too. Right now, you can save $100 off a four-week emergency food supply of delicious, nutritious meals the whole family will love. Go to preparewithgroundzero.com. That's preparewithgroundzero.com to get your food kits today. The future is uncertain. And I urge you to prepare by going to preparewithgroundzero.com and get ready now. That's preparewithgroundzero.com. AncientLifeOil.com. That's AncientLifeOil.com. Are you stressed? I mean, who is it? Anxiety creeping in? No, not that. Is sleep hard to attain because your brain just won't slow down? We're living in crazy times, and the fear knob has been turned up. Okay, there's an answer. Take a big breath, exhale, and go log on to AncientLifeOil.com. CBD. Broad and full-spectrum, organic and non-GMO CBD for you to enjoy. Change your tune from fear to calm, from brain overload to clear thinking. 0.003 THC on full spectrum and 0% THC on broad spectrum. Competitive pricing with the best quality. Also know everything is going to get better. No worries. 
be happy. CBD can help calm so your nerves don't think they're a six-string electric guitar. Enjoy life, smile, and log on to ancientlifeoil.com for great CBD. That's ancientlifeoil.com. You'll be glad you did. Mike Jackson Outdoors, Sundays, 8 to 9 a.m. on WCGO Radio, 1590 a.m. and 95.9 FM. Joining us wherever you're listening from coast to coast and border to border. Hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving celebration uh, with your family. If your state governor allowed that, we understand that in some states you couldn't do that. Or maybe the police would be knocking on your door. But again, uh, uh, even in Chicago, most people were told to sort of stay home. So uh, I had a turkey dinner. I sent out for a turkey dinner and it was wonderful. But it was just, you know, my partner and I and that was it. (laughs) Turkey dinner. And my question to you at this particular moment, uh, Judith Sherwin, because I got a, a, a Facebook post earlier today asking me to join the group called He's Not My President. Would you join such a group? Absolutely not. You know, I, I honest to God, I railed against this for four years. It's just ridiculous, this He's Not My President stuff. Am I happy that Joe Biden is going to be my president, most likely? No, I'm not happy. I wasn't happy when Richard Nixon was my president, which you certainly remember. You know? Yes. He was my president. I was stuck with him for four years, as it turned out, for six years. But you know what? That's the way it is. And and you got to grow up and you got to deal with it. Now, does that mean that I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be looking for Donald Trump to continue to be a figure in public life, and I'm not gonna continue to support him? Of course I am. But he will not be the president. He will not be the president in exile as Hillary Clinton tried to make herself the last four years. And I'm just not going to put up with that. So, you know, I wouldn't join a group like that, and I wouldn't encourage anybody with half a brain to do it either. So, By the way, well, let, me, let, me answer, let me answer the question, by the way. I did not join it, and, I, and my response was similar to what you said, because as, as people uh, on this program for the last four years know, uh, we have always tried to be fair to Donald Trump when he was running for president and when he was president. Some people say I was maybe a, you know too uh, too much of a cheerleader at times, but I do believe that he was the victim of the most abusive press in the history of the country, even more so than Richard Nixon. And I also believe that at this particular moment in time, uh, you know, you have to give you know everyone fought a very hard race. And the fact is, just as Democrats didn't fight hard enough in 2016 and had to lick their wounds and and not accept Donald Trump as the president, they just wouldn't do it. I don't think that those who are conservative or right of center should do the same thing to Joe Biden. Joe Biden and Donald Trump had a good campaign, uh, different campaigns. The people voted and the people did not vote for Donald Trump 
with enough votes in enough states to be elected president. Just as Hillary Clinton lost it in 2016, Donald Trump lost it in 2020. So it's time to move on. I don't want I, I don't want to spend too much time oh, okay. looking in That's the rearview mirror, but but no, go ahead, uh, Mike. Because I was just going to say, I, I think the, same the, way. the press was somewhat culpable, though, in in that they did not press uh, Mr. Biden to answer questions. They allowed him essentially yes, to hide. Course, yes, and right. so I'm not sure we exactly know what Mr. Biden is going to do. How far to the left he's going to go? I can only hope because I. I don't support the left, so to speak, that he doesn't move to the left. But I, I think the press was was out to lunch. They have been. And thank goodness you have people like Glenn Greenwald and, and Matt Taibbi and so forth, people on the on the liberal side who are finally calling out the press. And maybe something will be done and the press will actually become the press. And, and well, they did, this, they did the same thing. They did the same thing to Barack Obama. They, they did. did the same and thing to Barack Obama. They did the same. They did the same thing to Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris. I mean, the average voter, I don't think, knows anything about Kamala Harris, and no. she is a heartbeat away from the presidency. And uh, I think she'll have some significant uh, input. Uh, Art Seer, to you uh, in academia, everyone tends to uh, rally around uh, the victor, even though that might not have been the case with any enthusiasm for Donald Trump. But uh, uh, do you understand why 74 million Americans? may believe, may believe that they've been cheated. Oh, yeah. And President Trump is stoking those fires. He's maintaining his base um, pretty skillfully and using the media as a foil. He's abs- he, he benefits from all this obvious lack of objectivity mm-hmm. and very personal, remarkably mm-hmm. personal hostility toward him. Right. It benefits Do him. Do you believe out, H does bring some... Uh, respective young man, and I'm old enough to remember in the 60s, especially, and into the 70s, low turnout at a time of great violence in our country. Right. Some of us remember. Low turnout was a great worry. I'm actually uh, encouraged and pleased that so many of our fellow Americans on both sides voted this time. If, in fact, low turnout is bad. Intellectuals tend to think it's good because the great unwashed are not voting, but I don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. Mike Miller, do you believe that uh, Donald Trump should plan to run for president in 2024? Uh, no. Um, as much as I support him this time, I think uh, those four years, mm-hmm. we need to groom another generation coming up. I have um, my my pick would be De- uh, Crenshaw from Texas. I don't know. I don't Damn. hear that from anybody. Mm-hmm. I have this weird idea that the, the perfect ticket would be Crenshaw and Mike Rowe is his vice president because I just think Mike <laughs> Rowe is such a sensible, philosophical guy who just understands America so very well. Now, of course, that's silliness. But Crenshaw, to me, is a man who would stand up. He would be America first. I think he's extremely bright. Uh, he, he can make an argument as well as anybody in Congress that I have seen. And so I would love Judith, to see something you, like Crenshaw come up. Do you do you think that uh, another run for Donald Trump would be a good idea at this moment in time? Um, I, I don't think he's going to run again. Okay. Um, okay. I think if he ran again, he would probably wipe everybody out in the primaries just like he did last time. Um and uh, but you know the Democrats see him coming this time, and um, I think you'd have a repeat of what you had this time. I I mean, mm-hmm. 
you know a little bit about my background, Bruce, you know that I have a lot of experience with vote fraud and anti-vote fraud mm -hmm. actions and all that. And I'm sitting here and listening to this stuff. And this is this is right out of Cook County from the Democratic Party in the 1960s. It's just updated to to computer stuff now. And do I think there was a lot of vote fraud? Yeah. Uh, do I know whether it was enough to swing the election? Some of the evidence seems to believe that. I don't know if he's ever going to get to prove it. So I think we're going to be stuck with where we're stuck. But I think he's going to want to run again. But doesn't? But also, doesn't doesn't that remain? Doesn't that remain the the idea of vote fraud, with the as part of the the Republican campaign mantra, that's been part of the Republicans since 1960. Right, and they were right. Vote fraud, it, vote right. fraud has been an issue that Republicans have have mentioned just like uh, you know the, the the way in which the news media treats them I mean this is an old story it just gets it, it gets to be a better or more believable story every four years well but I, I first of all I believe that Richard Nixon was absolutely correct about what happened to him in 1960 as much as I liked what happened to him okay I was very mm -hmm. happy to see him lose to John Kennedy. Right. Okay. Yeah. One of the reasons he won in 1968 was he made sure that wasn't going to happen to him again. Right. And if there's any fault that I would give to the Republicans and maybe even to Donald Trump is as much as he railed against the, the, the mail-in ballots and the way this was done and the screwball way they, they put in legislation in, in Pennsylvania, which is unconstitutional under the Pennsylvania Constitution. All of this stuff, okay, I blame them for not doing something about it beforehand because, you know, Pennsylvania's got a Republican legislature. What were they doing while this was going on? Georgia mm -hmm. has a Republican legislature. How did mm -hmm. they let this happen, okay? So this is, this is, um, this is something that Republicans need to address because if they don't, no Republican will be elected president in our lifetime. Mm -hmm. And maybe in the lifetime of my son, who's a lot younger than me, he's 37 mm -hmm. years old. This is a, a very serious problem that has been uncovered this time, and the Republican Party needs to address it. And they didn't address it properly this time, and they need to address it better. Art Seer, do you believe, uh, again, uh, you know, usually with Jimmy Carter, uh, they send Americans over to, to, to monitor elections around the world. Do we, have a, do we have a house that needs to be cleaned up, not just because of the Republican charges, but, I mean, there are Democrats who feel that they have been, uh, you know, abused as well. I mean, and, and it seems to me that we have a system, and again, I realize the, the value of having it spread out over 50 states as opposed to a central force, but it seems to be there's a lot of built-in complexity to these election laws that just make things more confused and more susceptible to fraud. Do you agree with that or not? Uh, well, I'd have to think about the fraud dimension. I do know why it's as complicated as it is. The founding fathers were very much afraid of any concentration of power at the mm -hmm. top in the crown of the parliament or mob rule in the streets. Uh, which was literally a phenomenon back then, more than today, believe it or not. So they mm -hmm. wanted to purposely make it very, very difficult, in fact, impossible for any 
man or increasingly woman to establish an overwhelming power base. That's why we have a complicated system. There have been a lot of legal challenges so far, and they've been um, uniformly unsuccessful, except yeah. maybe in Pennsylvania. Michigan. Yeah. Uh, the we'll talk. We'll talk more about that. We do. We do have to pause. One eight hundred seven two three eighty two nine nine. One more segment coming up tonight. I'm Beyond the Beltway. I'm Bruce Dumont. Thank you very much for joining us. You should form your own opinions when you're presented facts without bias. That's what we call news. Every night at 7 p.m. on WGN America, news has a new primetime home. News Nation, without all the talk and without an opinion, so you can make yours. It's not how it used to be, it's how it should be. News Nation, seven nights a week on WGN America. Find your local channel by going to WGNAmerica.com because it's your news, your nation. Who said that? Me, down here. Ugh, what are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. What are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. It's been a long time since we've had an adventure in the forest. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. You're right. I should get out. Yeah, the forest is not that far away. Hey, Mom! Come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. I'm not going very far. It's too uncomfortable. I'm in a hurry. Sometimes I just forget. There's no such thing as a good excuse for not buckling up. You're not only putting yourself at risk of injury or death, it could also cost you lots of money. Cops are writing tickets, so why take the risk? Do the smart thing and start buckling up every trip, day or night. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. The Black Friday sales begun at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Get 60% off everything. Plus, get a free Gap logo sweatshirt with every store purchase of $75 or more on Black Friday and Saturday while supplies last. Shop the sale through November 28th. Black Friday at Banana Republic Factory starts now. Don't miss out on our biggest sale of the year. Everything is 60% off, including your favorite sweaters, cozy coats, warm flannel, and more. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Every day on the Ken Coleman Show, we're helping people realize what we believe, that every person was born to fill a unique role. That means it is needed, and you must do it. Nearly 70% of Americans are unhappy in their work, and we are not fine with that. We're going to look at what you do best, your talent, and what you love to do most, your passion, and help you see how they come together. We'd love to have you join us because you matter, and you do have what it takes. The Ken Coleman Show, weeknights from 11 to midnight on Chicago Smart Talk. Chicago Smart Talk, AM 1590 and FM 95.9, the exclusive home for the Dave Ramsey Show in Chicago. Add some flavor to fall with the refreshing treat Luigi's Real Italian Ice. Made with real fruit juice and no high fructose corn syrup, Luigi's is the perfect guilt-free reward for your family. So go ahead and enjoy the soft, creamy deliciousness of Luigi's in your grocer's freezer. Mike Jackson Outdoors, Sunday mornings, 8 to 9 a.m. on Smart Talk, WCGO AM and FM.
Bruce Dumont back for our final hour, or our final segment, rather, of our broadcast this evening. And again, uh, if you just uh, tuned in uh, tonight uh, for the first time in the history of the program, uh, all of our guests uh, have been via Zoom. That's not new. But I have done the program this evening via Zoom from my uh, home in downtown Chicago because uh, earlier in the broadcast I mentioned uh, I have tested positive for COVID. So I am under a quarantine at the moment. And in figuring out what we were going to do, I actually this I wanted to, to try this at some point in the future, but uh, uh, <laughs> we had to do it very fast. And I want to thank our engineer, Randall uh, Betcher and also uh, Colin McKnight and Fritz Goldman, our director, uh, for helping me uh, order the appropriate equipment. Uh, I had it delivered by Fritz Coleman. I, Goldman. I did not go out, uh, but again, it's been all done by uh, online and good friends. And again, uh, thank you very much uh, for doing this because uh, uh, this we may have to do this again. Or uh, you know, if there's eight inches of snow in Chicago, I may want may want to do it again. Or I may want to do it poolside from Palm Springs, but we have the ability to do that now. And again, I thank them very much for for participating in this. I want to go back to uh, uh, Mike Miller and uh, look at um, uh, the pluses and minuses. I mentioned, uh, you know, that Donald Trump uh, did not do well with suburban Republican women, and that's why he, he lost. But there's a lot of very positive things in looking at what he was done and did insofar as the uh, the minority voting of 12 percent of the black vote, 35% of the Muslim vote, uh, the largest Hispanic uh, turnout ever uh, in some some counties in Texas uh, uh, were, were solid Democratic counties, and they went overwhelmingly for for Donald Trump. So uh, I guess my question to you is, as, as the Republican Party looks for what's next, is there anyone that, you know, you mentioned Dan, Dan Crenshaw, Congressman Crenshaw, but I'm wondering, uh, uh, don't you also have to make sure that you are bringing along uh, the various constituencies and you're bringing along the policies of Donald Trump? It isn't just Donald Trump. And I guess one last question to you and everybody else. Uh, where do you put Don Donald Trump Jr. as the person who might emerge through a process of nomination oh my he's done nothing i don't know what he's done i i don't even know how to comment on that ivanka would make more sense than don jr uh, as far as i'm concerned i think she's a woman of accomplishment an interesting woman um certainly people talk about uh nikki haley and so forth i just i try i I know it sounds trite, but I try not to be identitarian. I don't. I, I don't look at somebody just because they have a certain kind of plumbing or, or a certain, you know, they they have a certain mm-hmm. color to their skin. I, I just like I, Crenshaw. I mean, I've heard the guy argue. The guy is very bright. That's why I like a guy like that. I think he puts mm-hmm. America first. Um, so and if if the brightest but, person but, but is black, that's fine. If the brightest person is but, a woman, that's fine. I, no, but Republicans, uh, Mike. Republicans, there are many Republicans who have run who have been bright. The question is, uh, in their brightness, they have failed to ignite support from black voters, Hispanic voters, um, uh, or Muslim voters. And and I'm wondering, Judy, uh, where, where you put uh, this this identity politics that Mike deplores, as do I. Uh, where do you put it? it? It has to be factored in somewhere, doesn't it? Well, I suppose it has to be factored in somewhere. I I but I I think uh, you're going to see. 
um, with Donald Trump's permission, if you will, and support, I think you're going to see a run from uh, DeSantis. Mm -hmm. He's got a lot I, of support all of those yeah. communities. He's a very bright guy. He's done a pretty good job in, in Florida. He's kept this, this virus uh, under control in spite of the <coughs> slamming him every time somebody gets sick. You've also got Marco Rubio and you've also got uh, Senator Scott. You've got you've got three people uh, in Florida who here uh, hear hail to the chief when they get up in the morning. Right. But but I, I you know, Marco Rubio, uh, I don't see him going anywhere, quite frankly. He's, uh, he's unexciting. Um, I mean, actually, at one point in 2015, I kind of thought he might be something, but he, he, he doesn't do well under the fire. Uh, Rick Scott, I don't know. Um, but I really think DeSantis has got a lot going for him. The other, and, and I think a governor, I think... I think the the um, the way of governing that Donald Trump <coughs> uh, showed us over the last four years was a, mm. a chief executive who was running an enterprise, okay, which is mm. something we did not see under Barack Obama because he never ran anything. Uh, we're probably not mm. going to see it under Biden because he never ran anything. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's we we ought to go back to thinking about governors. Okay. Art Sear, you had a comment. Thanks. Uh, it's interesting to me and perhaps instructive that nobody's mentioned Mike Pence, uh, former governor. Right. And thanks mm -hmm. to Richard Nixon, it wasn't the case before Nixon, but thanks to Nixon, every vice president, except for the hapless Stan Quayle, is automatically a contender for president, and a lot of them have been nominated. Do you think he's a, of, of the group that's out there, uh, Judith, where would you put uh, Vice President Pence? I'd put him somewhere below Nikki Haley. Okay. I, I just, he's, he's a very nice man. He did a wonderful job. He, he never turned on Loyal. Trump. Everybody and their brother tried to get him to do it. He's, he's what we call in, in Yiddish a mensch, okay? And, and somebody like that should be president, but I don't think he's <laughs> going to be. All right. Um, I believe that's the that's the first time in the history of uh, 21st century uh, <laughs> contemporary political analysis that anyone has referred to Mike Pence as a mensch. But Judith Sherwood, we thank you very much. We're out of time for this evening. Thank you very much. Art Sear from Carthage College. Thanks for your foreign policy uh, involvement. And also Mike Miller from DePaul University Economist. Thanks for weighing in on the economy. Again, our thanks to producers and everyone else that make this program possible. I will do as I, I will stay quarantined. I'll be back here next week, Lord willing. And uh, I'll probably be with you via Zoom. But have a wonderful weekend, and thanks very much for joining us tonight on Beyond the Beltway. Good night from Chicago. What is hope? Hope to me was just that he would get to come home. I had no idea how hard it would be once he got back. I wish she'd stop drinking so much. She thinks it's helping, but...
happiness again. It's not. With everything that he's going through, I hope he sees a counselor. I just want my brother back. I hoped he'd get help. Stop hoping things would get better on their own. He told me to stop asking. I didn't. Then one day he asked for a ride. Hope is knowing there are other families just like yours, that the veterans they love got help and recovered. Go to maketheconnection.net and turn hope into action. Matt always knew he wanted to be a doctor. That's why he makes the most of every day. To study before breakfast. To work hard. To do whatever was necessary to achieve his goal. He found an answer in the military. If you have a passion, a vision for your future in any field, todaysmilitary.com can be your path to a fulfilling career. You have a calling. We have an answer. Find your way at todaysmilitary.com. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career I can be proud of and supporting my family. America's veterans are on their most important tour, the tour of their lives. I'm a veteran. My victory was going from homeless to home. At DAV, we're on a mission to help veterans get the benefits they've earned. I'm a veteran, and my victory was finishing my education. DAV offers veterans of all generations a lifetime of support for victories great and small. My victory was proving that disability is not a limitation. My victory was getting my service dog a new best friend. We help more than a million veterans every year as they face and conquer their challenges. My victory is being able to be there for my family. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Standing up for what's right. Helping out when things go wrong. Seeking the truth and speaking our minds. Not just making records, but breaking them. Leading the way behind the camera, beyond the runway, and on the silver screen. Not just making our mark, but making a difference. Now that's a job for a Girl Scout. Girl Scouts, preparing girls for a lifetime of leadership. Get on Santa's nice list with Albany's world's best ultimate eight-flavor gummy bears. The gummy with the A on the tummy. Albany's world's best gummy bears are available at most major retailers. Hey, it's Fred. And Justin from Gabby Road with Hannah, Fred, and Justin. And as we like to say... Hey, Justin, stop the promo. We're missing Hannah. Don't worry. She'll be right here every Sunday morning with her cup of coffee. Gabby Road with Hannah, Fred, and Justin. Sundays at 11 a.m. on WCGO AM and FM or around the world at WCGORadio.com. Listen to past episodes on your favorite podcast app or at SmartTalkRadioNetwork.com. 